solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, viewers across the world. Welcome to another podcast, the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. I am one half of the co-hosts of this show, John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by Cody Davis, none other. Cody, you know why they're here. <laughs> through the wins. Oh, I'm sorry, through the win. Through the losses, <laughs> let's talk Texans. Give them folks some rundowns, baby. Yes, sir. And on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to take an in-depth look at the struggles of Lonnie Johnson Jr. Because I believe the Houston Texans are trying to make him the next Charles Aminihu. And look, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans by taking one of the most interesting topics in the NFL right now, just playing around with the idea, the possibility of Odell Beckham coming to Houston. We're just having fun. We know it's not going to happen, but we are just going to have fun with that topic. But ladies and gentlemen, to open up this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, look, <laughs> following arguably his worst performance in his career, David Cully announced on Monday that when the Houston Texans come back from their bye week and they square off against the Tennessee Titans, that quarterback Tyrod Taylor will remain the starter under center for the remainder of the season. Now, John, listeners, I don't want to turn this to a topic that we already talked about, but we have to revisit this because... And what I'm about to say, I do want to put this out there that I've always been a Tyrod Taylor supporter. And John, you know me ever since the Texans signed him. As a matter of fact, prior to the Texans signing him, I've always been a guy who said that Tyrod never got the right opportunity in his career it always seems like there was always something getting in the way no matter if it was you know he started off his career in Baltimore of course you know his best time came with the Buffalo Bills and even then um they try to put a rookie quarterback over him and of course we all know everything that happened his last two stops in Cleveland and Los Angeles but John listeners given the state of this team a team that is one in eight a team that is on an eight game losing streak and they can say whatever the hell they want to say on the podium when we are doing our pre and post and media availabilities with these players. But the demeanors, the demeanor from the players, the coaching staff, in game, off the field, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, in practice, the demeanor gives the impression that a lot of these players, a lot of the coaching staff, a lot of the people within the organization has given up on the season. Plus, you also got to take into consideration that the Houston Texans have embraced their youth movement and they have embraced the rebuild. John, I want to ask you this question. Is this the right move to keep Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season? Now, before you answer, I do want to give my two cents and say, no, it is not because 
I don't think Tyrod Taylor is doing this team a, a, a justice, nor do I think he's doing himself a favor by staying in the lineup. And I also want to mention with Davis Mills, you and I and everybody else, every time there's a there's conversations about Davis Mills going out there on the field and playing quarterback for the Houston Texans, we always talk about the evaluation. What is the evaluation for Davis Mills? But let's not forget, if the Texans are willing to move on with Davis Mills as a quarterback for at least another season, you also got to take into consideration the experience that he could possibly be missing out on if Tyrod Taylor remains on the center. So I want to answer or respond to one of your responses to that question. And you, you know, you asked, is Tyrod Taylor doing himself a disservice? And you, you're saying no. And I think the answer is yes. I'm sorry. I think the answer is um, he is doing himself a service right now because he only played six quarters prior to Sunday's, you know, loss and abysmal performance that he put on. And so it's not set in stone that Houston will bring him back next year. It's not set in stone that Tyrod Taylor will play next year given in the NFL at all, given his history. But if there's a slight chance of him wanting to find a new team or a team wants to find him, excuse me, he needs tape, more than six quarters worth of tape. So that's that's my response to uh, you responding that Tyrod Taylor is doing this team a disservice. I think he needs to play for himself, his self-purposes. Now, David Culley, when asked in a press conference, you know, they had the press conference on the 8th of November. You were there, Cody, a great press conference. And I love the question that you asked Justin Reed, which we'll get into. But David Culley mentioned that he did not expect to see what he got out of Tyrod Taylor. He expected him to be – he will expect for him to be much, much better, the same Tyrod that he's been throughout his career. Now – Tyrod being announced the starter for this team playing the Tennessee Titans is 100% fair. And I'll tell you why. Because are you blaming him that his body broke down when he had you in a position to go up uh, you know, 2-0 two, two on a season? Got you your first win of the year against your only win of the year. Uh, by that matter, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this offense, before he went down, you know, they looked pretty good in those first six quarters. And so you 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 may be thinking as a fan or on that coaching staff, is it the rust? And David Cully talked about that uh, yesterday as well. and said he didn't think that he, you know, the rust would have been an issue because he's a pro and he's had a long career. So he didn't think that was an issue. But was it the rust? Was it just not being on the same page? And, you know, we mentioned this last week that, you know, Tyrod Taylor will be stepping out on that field with some players that he did not play with the last time he was out. And so in fairness to him, a guy that you needed to bring in because of the Sean Watson situation, right? You needed him on this team. He got you a win, your only win of the year, when you had opportunities before when he was gone, the Patriot game. And I think the game against – uh, the Carolina game was a very winnable game for them as well. But if we're looking at one game, the New England Patriots was the definitive game that they should have won, right? I don't think there's an argument there. And so he comes back. He plays a lackluster team, which is why I think that we're hard on him. Which, in fairness, that's okay. 
you are a pro. We're the media. We're going to be hard on you when we feel like it's time to be hard on you. But overall, when I look at the situation at hand, you know, I think that they've had a good amount of time to evaluate what you can and cannot do with Davis Mills as of right now, right? Uh, and, and I'll say this. Tyrod is not in a position where he should solely be the starter for the rest of the season. Now, the Tennessee Titans are a very great team. They got a dominant win, one of those wins that you go back and kind of highlight on their schedule against the Rams on Sunday night, right? That was without Derrick Henry. They're going to be playing a very good team who has Jeffrey Simmons on the other side of the ball. And I don't know if you want your rookie or Tyrod Taylor to be taking hits like that from a big man like Jeffrey Simmons, considering your offensive line. I want to transition to this. Well, first, let me answer the question in full. Tyrod Taylor should be the starter for the next game. I'm okay with saying that. But the next question and the question that I have for you and viewers, and I've seen a lot of you guys, you know, kind of be on the same page where I'm going with this, at least the idea was the previous game against the Rams the last time we're going to see Davis Mills play football for the Houston Texans? And two responses to that, Cody. No, it is not the last time we see Davis Mills suit up as quarterback on the field for Houston, and no, it should not be. <laughs> right? That, I know that may sound similar, but no, it's not. 100% agree. No, it's not the last time. Thank you. No, it's not the last time because circumstances in the NFL happen. How many teams – God, the Ravens are a team that has injury after injury after injury. So next man up. So no, I don't think it's going to be the next, the last time we see him. And it shouldn't be. Like Houston should be saying to themselves, let's try to find a situation where we can get him out on that field again. And John, really quick, I do want to throw this in before we move on and start talking about Lonnie Johnson Jr. This isn't a conversation just because Tyrod Taylor played God awful in his return and threw three interceptions. No, this is more so the fact that Taylor signing to me, and I think I said this last week or two weeks ago, the last time we talked about this topic, Taylor signing to me was Nick Casario trying to put the Texans in a position to at least compete and try to succeed the low expectations that everybody had for this organization. And you go back and you take a look at those first six quarters. I think we all can agree that at one time we was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are the Texans just a little bit better than what we all thought coming into this season? But of course, once he goes down, you know, personnel changes start happening all across the board. And, you know, now he's coming back to a team where let's be real. They look like a team that is playing for the number one overall draft pick right now. And as of right now, the only team that's standing in their way are the Detroit Lions. So, and, and, and John, to answer your question or just to, you know, piggyback off what you said about Tyrod Taylor, I understand it. He should be playing for himself, but at the same time, he also might hurt his value because I don't think he's going to look as good as he looked in those six quarters playing behind this weakened offensive line. And as bad as this offensive line has looked, I don't care if it's Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll, or everybody's favorite topic, Deshaun Watson, all four of those quarterbacks are going to struggle playing behind this version of the Houston Texans O-line. Let me say this. The best ability is availability. Teams got to see him play football. And, and I think that is why if I'm Tyrod, hey, I need to get on the field, coach. Coach, I need to get out on the field. I need to get out on the field. I need to get out on the field. And that's okay. I, I think that's totally okay. 
And you're 100% right. With the different variations of this offensive line, how many quarterbacks in this league you could expect to uh, succeed? I want to end off with this. David Culley did have an opportunity to speak with Tyrod Taylor about Sunday's game uh, that left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. David Culley said that he's, he felt like going into that game, if he played well, we would have a chance to win the game. And he didn't. I just wanted to ensure him the next time around when we go to Tennessee is going to be better and he's going to be better. And we are going to have a chance to win if he plays like he should. You guys need to remember that David Cully and Tyrod Taylor does have history with his Buffalo Bill time. So that's very important as well. Now, on the other side, let's go to the other side, the defense to everybody's favorite conversation right now in them Twitter streets. Lonnie Johnson Jr. and his regression. I can't wait to talk about that. Cody has a very interesting uh, uh, clip that we're going to add from Justin Reed, right, Cody? So, and he, you know, that was a great question. Cody asked Justin Reed at the uh, press conference. Cannot wait to talk about that. So, Cody and viewers, it's November. In a couple of weeks, it'll be Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert but is it so full of calories and sugar? You may be able to be the superhero if you bring around a Bilt Bar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upward of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, right? Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, and covered in 100% real chocolate. Bill Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go to Bill Bar for two. And I'll tell you this right now you may want to have a Bill Bar before the actual Thanksgiving meal, depending on your family, because y'all know how we get down. We Thanksgiving starting at three, and it's still on starting until five o'clock sometimes. So keep a Bill Bar in your purse or in your back pocket. All right, go to billboard.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billboard.com. Welcome back in, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, a lot of it is just consistency. You know what I mean? I mean, some of it is we've got personnel changes every week. Guys going down, guys coming back, getting back into the groove of things. Um, the other thing is just trying to find that groove. I mean, this is still the first time that we've had all these guys play together on the same team, so a lot of it is chemistry related. Um, guys moving around on the rotation on the starting lineup too. Um, kind of slows down the chemistry a little bit too, but um, that's just part of the growth process of us building a new team. That was Justin Reed talking about why the Texans cannot put together a complete game. And ladies and gentlemen, based off what you heard Justin Reed talk about, I actually want to use that and discuss the struggles of Lonnie Johnson Jr. Now I'm going to go back to what Justin Reed um, just said, but John listeners, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster ride here throughout the 2021 season, especially when you consider the play of Lonnie Johnson Jr. And before we start talking about the bads, let's go back and revisit the good. Through the first five games of the season, John, you can let me know if you agree with this or not, but Lonnie Johnson was playing some of the best football of his career. 
And it had me excited. Johnny had you excited. It had the listeners excited. John, I think there was one time you and I even went as far as saying that, you know, Johnson could possibly be one of the best DBs on this team, maybe right after Justin Reed, by the way, who is, they like to call themselves the, the evil twins. And, you know, his coverage looked better. He was making plays on the ball. He was tackling better. And the numbers even back it up. In the first five games, Lonnie Johnson had recorded two interceptions. It should have been three, but Justin Reed stole one from him in that game against the New England Patriots. And he averaged a pro football focus grade of 60 in pass coverage. Now, I get it. That is not the, oh, my God, look at his numbers. But at the end of the day, those first five games showed that Johnson was taking steps in the right direction. But John and listeners, something happened after that game against the New England Patriots, which is possibly arguably his best game of his career. The Texans decided to bench Lonnie Johnson and trade rumors started to take shape regarding Lonnie Johnson. And ever since then, Johnson has showcased his frustration out on Twitter. John, you like to call him tweet through it. And we have seen the worst version of Lonnie Johnson over the past four games. The numbers that I just gave you guys, ever since he was benched in that game against the Indianapolis Colts, this is a guy who has only recorded one interception, and he has averaged a pro football focus grade in pass coverage of 24, a big drop-off. Now, I say all that just to say, John, listeners, myself, other reporters, whoever's listening to this right now, We could go back and forth. We could argue. We could disagree on what has been the main issue with Lonnie Johnson for what we saw through those first five games or what we have seen through the last four games. But, John and listeners, I truly believe that the biggest issue that we are seeing in Lonnie Johnson Jr. through these last four games is the fact that this is a guy who his play snaps has been so inconsistent. And, Go back to that game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. This is a guy in Lonnie Johnson Jr. who did not receive not one defensive snap against the Miami Dolphins. The only time he got on the field was to just play special teams. That is terrible. And maybe it it was due to his play prior to the Miami Dolphins. He had a god-awful game against the Los Angeles Rams. But let me tell you guys something. What did Justin Reed just talk about in that clip that I just played? He said part of the issues that this team has is every single week there's personnel changes. And it's hard to find chemistry in the starting lineup when there's so many changes. And that chemistry is something that, John, you and I talked about in the game following his subpar performance against the Indianapolis Colts. To me, I feel like the Texans are doing Lonnie Johnson a disservice, and I do believe that he is going to find himself in the same situation as Charles Aminahu, where you are a young, great, uh, I just say not, not great, but you are a solid defensive player. If you get the opportunity, if you are put in the right situations, you can blossom into something special, not only for the Houston Texans, but maybe for something for another team in your career. But at the same time, the Texans are going to put you on the back, back burner and just wait until the perfect opportunity to move on from you. Now, John, Before I give the floor over to you, ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to take a listen to to this exchange between myself and Justin Reed. 
Hey, Justin, um, you talked about the inconsistencies within the rotation, especially on defense. How much of that do you feel is part of the reason why Lonnie Johnson has been somewhat in the slump over the past couple of games? Um, I mean, it's not easy, uh, him being rotated from corner to safety, safety back to corner, uh, still trying to find his footing on what his best position is. He's versatile. He has athleticism. He has a length. Um, he has the one-two and the will. Um, it's just got to come together for him, and it will. It will. Um, it's just tough, though. You know, every year he's been, it's been something different. His first year he's a corner, second year he's a safety. Next year he learns a completely new defensive system. Um, so there needs to be some consistency for there for him too to yeah. see that growth. Cody, before I talk about Lonnie Johnson, after the Patriot game, can you name the teams the Houston Texans played? The Indianapolis Colts. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals. Okay. The Los Angeles Rams. Okay. And of course, on Sunday, the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. And, and, and that game, he did not play at all. There was no defensive snaps, only special teams that you played. So I'm going to focus on mm -hmm. those three teams, right? Mm -hmm. The Arizona Cardinals, number, number two in scoring in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The uh, Rams, number five in scoring. The Colts, number eight in scoring in the NFL. By the way, Lonnie Johnson also had – I don't think he had a very good game. He had an interception in that game as well against the Bills, I believe. But the Buffalo Bills, number four in scoring in the NFL. And they all put up points against the Houston Texans. Nobody played mm -hmm. good, right? So I just wanted to put that out there that it makes sense as to what Justin Reed is saying. Everybody isn't playing well because of the circumstances of not having that chemistry with one another. Exactly. And have, right. And we have singled out Lonnie Johnson, rightfully so. I mean, if I'm looking at Lonnie Johnson's numbers right now, Lonnie Johnson has not had – he's not fared well this season so far outside of the times where he's been able to create turnovers. He, he's allowed 378 yards. Excuse me. Let me let me read. He has allowed a total of 327 yards, a completion percentage of 68.2. He has allowed 21.8 yards per completion. He has allowed two first downs per catch and then 15 yards per target with two touchdowns. And so I wanted to mention the first part to bridge into the second part. And that is everybody is looking bad because of this defense and it's being maximized right now because of the lack of communication and chemistry. And they do not they have not been able to have a chance since the offseason to have stability there. Now, his struggles are very apparent, right? I mean, there's been times where he has blown coverages and he's blaming the next man, where when we go back and watch tape, now this is clearly your zone. You are clearly supposed to be covering this deep half, right? And this has happened not only with him, but there's been times where Justin Reed, he hasn't looked that well. He, you know, farewell against offenses as well. But the thing about Lonnie Johnson is, and I want to credit Justin Reed, because I think this was his way of taking up for him, is year one was drafted to play cornerback. And in year one, how many times did we see Lonnie Johnson play football? Well, I got it right here. Lonnie Johnson in year one only played in 56% of snaps. Not that much. Then year two, 63. And then, of course, this this year, so far, 71. But year one corner, year two corner safety, 
year three full safety. And this has been undoubtedly his best year. There has been a learning curve for Lonnie Johnson that he hasn't been able to experience because of what's going on outside of his control. He hasn't been able to control uh, DB coaches getting hired and fired. He hasn't been able to control Anthony Weaver going from uh, Romeo Cornell to Anthony Weaver to Lovey Smith. He hasn't been able to control all of these things. The only thing he's been able to control, which is what I kind of trolled him on, is his use of Twitter right after games or whatever you may call it. He has been in a bad situation, but the silver lining of it is, well, I guess the opposite of the silver lining, is this is the NFL, and you do get three years, sometimes four, depending on where you were drafted and, and how valuable, valuable you are to a team to achieve or get to the next level. Lonnie Johnson has either at times teetered or completely fell off. And that is an issue of his own that he's going to have to kind of work through. And I hate to say it because, as I mentioned, that was a great way of Justin Reed taking up for his boy, as he called the evil twin. Because from what I heard was, y'all need to back up and understand that playing DB in the league is hard. I, I think playing cornerback is probably the hardest position to play in the NFL because of how the rules are geared for the offense. That's number one. But making that transition – Playing a very hard position, and then you have so much turmoil going around, the coaching staff, that's pretty bleeping difficult, <laughs> right? And exactly. Reed being a veteran leadership a leader on the scene, kudos to him, man. Like, we know Lonnie hasn't looked good. We know that Lonnie at times has looked like an undrafted – free agent Houston signed off the street at times. We understand that. But so has so many other players on this team. So many of these DBs on this team has had issues. The linebacker court, you know, Zach Cunningham, there's been times where the linebacker unit has looked terrible. There's been times where he's finally been released. Vernon Hargraves has looked terrible. Eric Murray for the last two years has looked terrible. We have maximized and highlighted Lonnie Johnson, but you know, in fairness, we should be doing the same to every we should get our phones and hey, oh, this guy looks bad too. Oh, this guy looks bad too. What the hell are you doing in this coverage right here? Why are you in this zone? This is the what, what are you doing? We should do that to I think majority, you know, maybe maybe nine. Well, we can't do the front four, they've been playing well, but even with them, they've had times where they look bad. But this entire defense needs a wake-up call. And so, I mean, I can't, I've can't. i said it too many times, but kudos to Reed, man. That, that was a big brother leadership response type of – and I love it. You know, I could, I could go on, but I love it. With that being said, Lonnie Johnson has fallen out of the trust of this franchise. Maybe there's a situation where he returns next year for special team purposes or he can get better throughout the year as the year closes. I'm not sure, but I just don't believe this franchise has trust in him anymore. I don't think so, John. I, I think his time as a Houston Texan is coming to an end. Um, as a matter of fact, outside of Brandon Cooks and maybe Justin Reed, I think it's all going to depend on whether or not Justin wants to stay here. But outside of those two guys, anybody who was here prior to the Nick Asirio ever era, I think they're all going to be gone come next season. Um, but I, I but I do want to go back to something that you said. You talked about the inconsistency in the personnel changes that Lonnie Johnson has 
went through throughout his career ever since he got here in 2019. I'm glad that you you pointed that out because Justin Reed also talked about that in that same press conference. This man said in the four years since I've been here, he got here in 2018, in the four seasons that he's been here, this team has never been consistent. And that is something he has hampered on, not once, not twice, but at least three times ever since we started talking to him. I believe it was right after the draft somewhere along. And so somewhere, I think it was maybe before OTAs, but when we started talking to him prior to OTAs opening up, Justin Reed said, I have never had the same starting safety on my opposite side ever since I got here. That lets you know how much turmoil has been in that organization. And if a guy like Justin Reed, who I consider to be maybe a tier two safety at best in this league, you know, can struggle because of the inconsistencies within this organization, of course, a guy who is a, a tier or two below Reed is going to struggle as well. And by the way, I do want to mention prior to the trade deadline, I did get word that the Houston Texans did shop Lonnie Johnson Jr. around. They almost had a deal for him, but for some reason or another, I'm not sure, but the deal did fall through. And that's the reason why he's still a Houston Texans as we sit here on November 9th, 2021. But I just want to, you know, not really take up for Lonnie Johnson, but you know me, John, I like to look at everything in its totality. And, right. you know, it says a lot that we saw the best version of Lonnie Johnson through those first five games of the season when he was starting alongside Justin Reed playing the best football of his career. Then out of nowhere, hey, let's bench you for, I think it was A.J. Moore, if I'm not mistaken, that replaced him in the starting lineup in that game against the Colts. If it, it wasn't it him, was it was Eric Murray. I, I don't know, but whoever should not have been the starter over Lonnie Johnson for that game against the Indianapolis Colts. I do want to make this point before we move on. I have struggled with the idea of Houston and Justin Reed coming to terms with one another. Uh, you don't franchise tag them. I think if you franchise tag them, that'll be around $18 million. And I, I'm not sure you want to pay $18 million for a safety who has not played a full season since his rookie year. And so this is just something to keep in mind, whether or not Houston and Reed, you know, as you mentioned, will also be heading towards a divorce as well. Texan fans, I am John Hickman with an incredible app everyone who buy gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners and myself are making 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Touchdown for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL, and get a bonus 25 cent per gallon on your first fill up. Okay, that's up to 50 cent cash back. And right now, Houstonians, gas is literally. Over $3. Okay, so take that for what you want. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the GetUpside app. Welcome back and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make sure you listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Y'all, Cody finna start some, some madness. <laughs> it's not madness. He's gonna start something. We were talking. It's a big, it's a big topic of where this guy's gonna go. And I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay. Houston did not think about bringing Odell to town. When you say Odell, you gotta Odell. 
<laughs> it's like you uh like you had the fish fry for the church fund. Mm, but uh mm. I, I I just you know, and we saw the comment on YouTube was kind of you know prompted, prompted, excuse me, this <laughs> conversation, but I don't see it because you only have like Odell <laughs> has made it clear I'm not gonna play with another Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, or Baker Mayfield for sure. And Houston doesn't have a guy that's better than either one of those quarterbacks, right? Mm, so mm, mm. Maybe, maybe Daniel Jones, maybe depending on what version of Tyrod Taylor we get. No, I don't think so, man. I, I which, which, by the way, I do want to say maybe I'm making a mistake because Daniel Jones has looked the best he's ever looked since this year. Oh yeah, he's looked he's looked you know pretty good this year. The, the team is a whole in New York; they got their own issues going on. But Daniel Jones did make a leap, but it it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense at all. Like, bringing him here, he's not going to play. He's going to pull a Michael Thomas or Ben Simmons or whoever you want to, you know, pick out of the tree. Mm, and he mm. will be a distraction. There's two players that I think of off the top of my mind where if you sign that player, that player will bring unnecessary distraction. And sometimes the distraction isn't caused by their antics or actions. It's just because of who they are. Number one, Cam Newton, who already said in the offseason when the Patriots cut him. When we talked about should Houston go and get Cam Newton when Tyrod went out. By the way, if we would have got Cam Newton, we would have been in a much better situation. Uh But number two is Odell. Odell can show up, smile at the cameras, you know, do everything. But there are going to be stories that are going to leak. People are going to have their opinion. Long story short, no. No, look, 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 John. Let me let me be let me put this out here first. No. Do I think Odell Beckham should come to the Texans? No. Do I think the Texans should go out and pursue Odell Beckham? Hell no. Now, a lot of people are confused because as of right now, as you and I sit here, he's on a waiver ride. And any team can claim Odell Beckham. And for those of you guys who might be a little bit confused, this is a short version of the waiver wire. The waiver wire for players who are are put on waivers is almost like a draft where the worst team gets the best opportunity to claim that player all the way down to the best team in the league right now has the worst odd to claim that player. Odell can say he wants to go to the Saints um, I think San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks, all he wants. But if the Houston Texans put in a bid to get him, he will have no choice but to go to the Texans unless the Detroit Lions <laughs> pick him up. And <laughs> do I think that's a realistic scenario? No. But, John, what I would say to that point is this. Oh, and by the way, if he survives the waiver claim, I believe about – three o'clock, four o'clock today. Um, I think three o'clock central time here. Then he becomes a free agent. Then he has an opportunity to say, I want to go to that team, that team or that team. But John, I was just looking at it from a standpoint. If a bad team like the Houston Texans, like the Detroit Lions, um, like the Miami Dolphins or, or whoever the hell else you want to throw in. And of course, because we're here on Locked on Texans, I'm going to use this argument from the Houston Texans standpoint. Maybe, just maybe, for the remainder of this season, it might be in Odell's best interest to go to a bad team where he could 
prove that he is still an elite talent in the league. Because think about it. Ever since Odell been with the Cleveland Browns, he has not looked like the guy that he was to start his career in New York. And look, if he comes here to the Houston Texans, it gives him an opportunity. Look, I've been saying this for the longest. The Texans are a land of band of misfits as of right now. And he could come here, you know, he could showcase that he is still one of the top receivers in the league. And then he can use that, John, to your argument about Tyrod. He could put out tape and get paid from a better team moving forward this year. Plus, by the way, it, it will only be for the remaining eight, nine games of the of the season. And then from the Houston Texans side of things. Did you see that crowd inside NRG Stadium against the Los Angeles Rams? They need something to sell. <laughs> and um, at one in eight, an angry fan base is just a thought. It's just a fun scenario. Odell in a Texans jersey. Uh, like I said, he could use it to reclaim his status as a top 10 receiver in the league. Just, it's just, why are you looking like that? Survey said. <laughs> it's not happening, man. It's not happening. I think Odell um, won't get picked up on the waivers. Most likely he, he won't. Yeah, I think he will eventually become a free agent, which is probably the best idea and you know, for him, situation for him. And then I look at Green Bay as a, as, as a team that, should, that can really use his services. And I also look at the Tennessee Titans as another team that can use his services as the well. The Titans? Yes. I think overall, number one would be Green Bay. Number two, you can look at the Titans. And I also think they just added Deshaun Jackson, but there's so much going on with the Raiders. And, and Derek Carr is having a great season. He needs a real number one threat at receiver out there. So I can see a situation, but I he Odell may need to stay far away from Vegas as possible. Green mm. Bay and Tennessee are the two teams that I would really look in look, look to for him to sign to. I'm John Hickman of the Locked On Texans. Thank you guys for checking out a Tuesday edition of the show. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube at Locked On Texans. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Y'all go spam Cody messages. <laughs> about this Odell. Fun show today, man. I, you know, I had a great time. Yes, sir. And as always, please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a bye week, but we still going to give you guys great content about the Houston Texans. The best part about a bye week, you don't have to worry about watching bad football from the Houston Texans on Sunday. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.